the Between Two Lines podcast, talking about performance, life and everything in between. Featuring your hosts, Johnny Stahl and Ash Hamilton. Welcome to the Between Two Lines podcast, where we talk about performance, life and everything in between. Today's just the host, Ash and I, and we will be discussing things that you're not taught at uni or things that you're not made aware of growing up in, in a professional environment. So we, we thought it'd be pretty interesting to discuss a few different things that um, come to our minds, things that Ash and I in particular have discussed a lot and things that we think people should definitely know. So we're pretty excited to, to share our thoughts and ideas and have a little giggle along the way. How are you, big boy? All good? Yeah, man. I'm good. I'm good. Um, day in the Timbiard labouring today, so a bit of a different... Um, mix up of environment for me but um yeah yeah overall pretty good man um always keen for a monday 545 podcast session so here we are good man good man how about uh you start tell us so this is this is super informal obviously we just we decided to just basically let this let this go and flow how about you start and give us a couple of things that that you'd like to mention that we're not sort of uh taught at uni things that are super valuable things that you've learned in the last few years coaching doing your osteopathy perhaps even whilst while studying so where do you start um (laughs) i think the biggest misconception that's a big word for myself is um the idea of what allied health or what this industry looks like And I think that misconception comes from there is certainly an amount of money that can be made. Um, And I think that when you, let's just look at PT and let's just say someone charges a hundred dollars to someone outside looking in, they would be like, that is a lot of money for an hour. I might be only making this amount of money. And then you, usually a few things come to mind and it's one, it's like, they must make a lot of money. They must make a lot of money. There's heaps of money in this industry, which there is, but I'll get to that. I think the second thing that kind of comes up is like, why would someone get paid that much for doing something as simple as counting sets or reps or watching someone do exercise, which is a common, common thing that I hear. And I think that, it's, it's a misconception because there's definitely truth. There's definitely truth to this whole, I guess, stereotype where there is a lot of money. There's a lot of money in any industry. If you are good, if you work hard and you're in it long enough to see it pay off. But I think the thing that people don't understand, and this, this also applies for allied health is that these are usually subcontractor roles. And what people don't understand is it means that if I don't see you or someone cancels, depending on your cancellation policy, you don't get paid. If you are sick, you don't get paid. Annual leave, you don't get paid. You got to most likely pay your own tax. And there's a lot of these things that I don't think I was aware of. When I first started contemplating these industries, it was kind of like, you know, your parents were like, oh, you know, osteophysio, chiro, that type of thing it's a great industry they make great money all these things you go to uni for a a very extended period of time and then you just think that it's all going to just fall into your lap and i think this this fantasy of what i thought it was going to look like has been something that i've battled a, a lot of the time where i'm like why isn't it falling into my lap how i thought it would be um So I think that is definitely one of the biggest things that I've kind of learned from this industry is that it's not, you know, a walk in the park, you know, clients don't just appear and they don't stay with you unless you're consistently doing something right. And that's where I think this industry is so complex, not to say that other industries aren't, but it's, it's, it's like the common thing that we've talked about on many of these podcasts and that's we're dealing with individuals. And to be able to get it right and to consistently get it right, you have to have such an understanding of so many things. Um, that, that would be the first one. That would be the first one. What about yourself? What's, what's kind of like the first thing that comes to mind that you're like, 
it's not how I thought. The human side of things. I'll, I'll touch on that in a sec. I just want to self, sort of follow up on what you were saying because I think it's such a such a good, an interesting point. So, firstly, like that with the financial side of things, or like the let's say the 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 rates, it's it's proportionately it's it's directly proportional. Sorry to the perceived value of the of the customer, right? And I, I was actually talking to a couple of friends about this last night, and they were saying like, oh yeah, it costs, you know, pay a hundred euros a session, which is 160 bucks for an hour, but everything's organized. It's basically health and lifestyle. Like they measure um, her, her um, body fat with skin calipers. They do this and this and this, they provide like, like proper health suggestions. And she said her quality of life's way better. Like her health feels is way better just generally. So like her perception or plus, plus she feels like, she, you know, she goes there, everything will get done. She doesn't have to do it herself. So there's a certain energy um, saving thing that's happening there because she's not having to basically consciously plan shit out. She can just do it on her, she, you know, she just, she pays for two sessions a week and, and everything gets done, which I think is a really, really important point. Just basically like, okay, this is what I pay. It's like when you go to your accountant, like my accountant deals with all the tax, this is just what it costs and everything's organized. And for her, it's like, that's her perception of, like the health situation to an extent, she gets the advice, she has her training there. And then, you know, all, all she has to do is basically implement the nutritional side on her own. And if not, it's very, very simple. Um, like why things may not have worked. Okay, obviously it's never that simple, but you know what I'm getting at, theoretically. Mm. And then um, the, the second thing is, so yeah, the point I was making about like the finances and, and setting rates, it's it's all based around the percent what, what someone perceives as the value of that session, right? And and so if someone says, you know, oh, I don't know, you know, it's a lot of money, that that's that's one person's perception of the value of that sort of thing. But I've worked with other people that, you know, have said that I'm I'm too cheap like my rates are too cheap because their mm. perception of like emotional value for like, like, sorry, their perception of value emotionally for what they get on top of the training, on top of the rehab, on top of the programming, on top of the check-ins, on top of the, the modifications, you know, this, 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 and that they, they believe that they're being provided for that rate, a really holistic approach. And, People don't ever discuss this because people are so caught up from a, a, a uni perspective, a study perspective on the actual practices. But the challenge is, is the practices mean fuck all if you can't get clients, right? Or patients. Mm. And, and there's, so there's a certain irony on that, which brings me to my second point. And that's the human side of things. And again, we spoke about this a little bit a couple of episodes ago. But the way we communicate with clients and the way that we relate and try to understand clients, I would say is directly related to the success and the retention or our ability to get positive outcomes for our clients. Yet once again, everything is very much practice related. It's not, you know, management related. Let's say I'm talking about like client management, like client case management. And that can mean a bunch of things but ultimately we have a client that is a, a case for us to deal with it's not just a client and a client session they bring with them a whole case they bring their you know their previous history um their current problems or difficulties or shortcomings and then their desired outcomes so you've got the past the, the present and the future that you're trying to basically improve in one go or you, you know, you're utilizing all that information. And I think that's something that's not really taken into account and something that I'd be really, I, I don't know, I'd love to see, you know, we, we did one time a communications a subject at uni and it was a complete waste of time in my opinion. And I just think like if, if there was a, a, a way that they could implement more of like a social interactions course or, or subject where whereby people learn how to actually deal with problems and solve like human problems. I don't mean movement-based problems or fitness-based problems, but almost like how to, how to communicate with people and, and help them to overcome problems and negotiate. Yeah. I mm. think that's, that's the biggest thing that comes to mind. What's the yeah. Yeah. I think I, I wanted to add to what you said and it was kind of like 
around, you know, the, the self-worth and whether someone believes you're worth it and someone might not believe you're worth it. And I think one of the, the struggles, and I think this occurs more in the coaching realm than it may be the allied health, because I think allied health has a, a degree of standardization when it comes to the the price that is for a service, right? Yeah. Unless you're the outlier that wants to go above or change the, the kind of traditional um, price, right? Mm. But in the coaching, I feel like there's a greater de- degree of variance. Now, the reason why this is so difficult is because, again, there's so many things that determine whether someone will be successful. Now, let's just kind of look at some of those variables. If you go up north or you go somewhere where you're quite remote and you're the only person offering that service, your chances of getting busier are higher than somewhere maybe in Melbourne where it's a lot more saturated, where there's a lot more, you know, you can go down the road and there might be multiple people that do that specific profession and then you're now competing right you know for that potential person if you have quite a scarce mindset and don't believe that there is abundance of people to help another thing that comes into it is socioeconomics and i've had this chat with a mate before and i'm like man you could charge way more and he's like i know i probably could but because of the socioeconomics of where he is situated where he's built his brand he's limited by how much he can charge now, I, I when I first started training in the PT, I, I attended a studio and I was paying at three hundred dollars a week, Australian, right? It was it was uh, in the CBD uh, in Richmond. It was it was office at Ferrari. It, you know, it was it was called Enterprise Fitness, and the socioeconomics and the environment that that is created to compare to maybe somewhere that's a bit more uh, suburban the limitations are in the people that you attract, like there was a lot of corporates. There was a lot of people that had high paying uh, jobs where to them, they saw value where other people might not see value. Yeah. So that's another thing that you got to deal with. And it's like, depending on where you choose to situate yourself is going to potentially. And again, there's exceptions. If you're very good at what you do and there is a demand, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But when you're starting out, you, you are limited or you are influenced, I, I should say, by the socioeconomics and the environment that you're in. Um, so I think that's another thing that is, is quite a big influential um, component that people don't think about, that, that don't get taught about. The other thing that I would talk about is the, the common theme, whether it's allied health or coaching, is that they're service-based industries. And people pay you based off the perceived value they get. And that's what I liked where you were talking about value. And yes, it is very subjective. Now let's look at like, instead of looking at providing value to other people and what they believe is value. I think another thing that they don't look at at uni is the the individual who's going to deliver that service because now don't get me wrong, but I have a strong belief that a lot of people that got into this industry because they want to help people usually are because they can't help themselves and they want to help other people. And usually what comes with that, and I am stereotyping and I'm making a lot of assumptions here is that they haven't dealt with their own stuff. And a lot of that stuff comes around their own worthiness and deserve levels. And if you don't feel like you're worthy or deserving as a person, it's very hard to then attach a number to your service that you deliver and be confident in that. Because if you don't believe in yourself, how can you provide value to someone else or um, I guess show them that you're of value if you don't believe it? So I think that one thing that I would be very big on is that universities or whatever uh, pathway of certification you go through, they start looking at your own shit because like that's something that I've done in the last 18 months is around like my own worthiness as a person and like feeling like I deserve and that I am of value and that I can give and that I am worthy because if I don't believe those things, which I, you know, I've still got a long way to go, but in the beginning of my career, it was very hard taking money, especially when I didn't think I did a good job. Um, So I think that's another thing that is like saying that I know a lot of people do struggle with is accepting money for their own service. Um, Yeah. That's something I, 
didn't expect you to say, but yeah, that's um, just about the, like the whole unconscious worthiness. I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't expect the, <laughs> the episode to go down that route, but I, no, I think it's interesting. Like that this, I, lo- I love the fact that you, you bring that up. It's a really interesting point. And that, that does tie into a big thing just generally about people, you know, that whole imposter factor, imposter syndrome about people feeling like they're, they don't deserve to charge that much and all of that. And even though they're, you know, often offering a premium service, I'd like to think, or I'd like to hope. The challenge is, is that there's so many people out there that do offer also poor services that charge little and some that also charge a lot. And and it, it is really hard to differentiate yourself within that. But I think the most important thing in that is to sort of try to break through the noise or, or you know, put noise cancelling headphones on, so to speak, and um, eliminate that noise and just think about what, what your perceived value really is and then work off that. I think the other thing is, which sort of ties into that point, which came to mind just as you were saying that, man, was um, marketing. So like marketing's such a massive part of what we do and and we're essentially digital brands, right? Person, like anyone in our industry, unless they're already in the system, like they're in a university system, they're in a football club system or like, sorry, like sports team system, like pro sport or something like that, they'd be silly not to try and create a personal brand. And it was something that I, I didn't want to do for ages because I just wasn't confident in my own abilities and I've realized like the last six months to year that you just, you have to. And now I just wish I did it earlier. The reality is what it is. So like, I don't, I don't worry about the past in that sense anymore, but, but generally speaking, like marketing so important in our industry, but just generally like marketing for everyone, I think almost everyone should be marketing, you know, unless you're working mm. in something like, no, even if, you, if you're working in like construction or something like that, you should like, there's, it doesn't hurt to just market yourself. And you know, who knows what can be created these days with, with fucking TikTok and Instagram and YouTube, like anything can be done. You just need the right people to see, see your stuff. And I, I look back at, you know, the two, the bachelor and masters that I've done. And I, I think about that and I, I think they were decent courses, but I think like, imagine if we had have had someone that said to us, you guys are going to sit down for the next six months and you guys are going to do a marketing course and you, you're going to fucking listen and you're going to do it properly you're going to get good grades and I'm not going to let you guys not do well here. And I'm not going to let you guys flunk this subject because it is so fucking important. And no one, no one ever says that. Right. And yeah, I, I don't know. It just, it begs the question, doesn't it? Because otherwise you come out and you might have this awesome skill set. again, regardless what industry you're in, you might have this awesome skill set. And unless you've got a big network, which is probably the next point, um, you, you, you're starting it square one and you don't really have anything to work off anything to reference yourself of any reputation to kind of or, or portfolio to really show because you're a proper noob in the industry who's just out of out of uni and yeah or school or the apprentice or your apprenticeship or whatever and i just think like how, how do people bridge that gap right and those that seem to do best tend to be the ones that market themselves or network themselves yep Yep. And that that's an, I didn't expect that one didn't come to mind, my mind straight away, but I couldn't agree more, man, hundred percent. And I think knowing how to market yourself is something that's not taught. And I remember someone saying, it's like, people are so afraid to market themselves and push their product. But it's like, if you believe your product is, is going to provide value and uh, help people, people need to know about this product because if they don't know about it, then it's like, if you had the, um, what's the, what's the saying? Um, you know, let's just say the cure to cancer, right? And you never marketed it and told people that you had the cure to cancer. Like people aren't going to be able to receive that service and get help. And it's like, if you think you can help people, you need to market yourself. But the thing is, we're not taught how. And I think you're so spot on because like I did five years at uni and then I I, I spent $70,000 on mentors courses and stuff like that. I'd done a lot of CPD, but then I started getting bitter because I'm like, why are people not coming to me? I have all this knowledge, this person down the road, they haven't done any CPD. Why are they so busy? And I'm not, you know, and I started getting quite bitter and jealous and all these things. And it's because no one knew what I knew. Yeah. You know, it's like, I couldn't help anyone when no one knew what was in my head. It's like, 
it's useless. And it's like, don't get me wrong. I believe CPD is good and it's beneficial. And it's, it's a necessity as part of this industry, which is another thing that I think is a good point to touch on. But if no one knows that what you know, you can't help people. So yeah, man, I think learning how to market yourself is, is nearly more beneficial to a degree because like if you market yourself and then obviously you deliver a poor service, then it's going to be very limited. The, the streak that you're going to go on. But I think, yeah, man, that that's a massive one. How about you yeah. t- tuck into the CPD stuff and then I'll, I'll bring that back to the, the networking. I think they'll tie nicely together anyway. What's, what are your thoughts on, on CPD on the perception of CPD on the value of CPD? Um, there's also, career professional development for those people who um, <laughs> don't know what CPD is, but basically trying to better yourself through, through further education, most often paid extra courses and education forms. I know you've done a lot of it as something that I'm, I've become massive on recently, but I was also like, I remember a few years ago, four or five years ago, I have a mate who's a personal trainer and he told me that he'd spent, you know, 15, 20 grand on CPDs over the last however many years. And I looked at him, I'm like, the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> and now I look at I look at my old self there and I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like you need like like if I had my time again, I would have done it a lot earlier. But you, again, you only know what you know, and people people ripen and mature at different ages. So what's your take on that? Yeah. I think CPD is something that those there's a common theme and it's like those that who do extremely well in the industry have one thing in common that's they've always done continual professional development and so you know like success leaves clues you can't put your hand in their pot of glue without some sticking you know and i think that is one of the things that again a misconception is that people do these four three four five year degrees or certifications and they think that what they should have learned should have been in the uni because they paid all this money and they did all this time, which I can understand that, but it's not enough. It's not good enough. And I think that a lot of people don't invest in it. And the, the, the barrier of entry or the continued barrier to get by, because we have, as part of my degree, we have to do a certain amount of hours each year. I could document this conversation as CBD and it would count. That just shows you what, while, you know, obviously hopefully those listening think this is a beneficial conversation but it just shows you the low level pass rate that the industry offers can you actually do that yeah so you can you could uh don't quote me but i'm pretty sure that you can jot down a conversation as long as you write down and you took notes that you can document that and add that time as part of your cpd points jesus you could you could read a journal article and count that as your cpd points like this is just showing you the unfortunate truth of what the industry involves like there is a lot of people not doing this and they're they're doing more and they're spending the money and they're wanting to learn and constantly want to upskill so they can help their patients or clients the best they can but then there's also the other people that just scrape through man and i think that what i have learned from doing uh, i guess a fuckload of cpd is a few things one you meet people and network with people that are on the same mission and I think that is something that has been quite pivotal in getting to me to where I am now, where I'm fortunate that I haven't really had to provide a resume or do an interview to get a job where I've been able to rely on my network and meeting people to get me through doors. And the whole saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I think that's very, very true. I also think that what you learn at uni is so far behind what, what is required and what is out there and that the argument, oh, it should be at unis. It's true, but it usually has about a 10, 15 refractory period where it's like, it won't be in, in uh, universities yeah. for another. So it's like, you're going to be always behind the eight ball. Now this goes back to my last thing where I was saying, I think universities should do work on the, the individual studying it because I did so many courses because I was extremely insecure and I didn't think I knew enough and I didn't think I was worthy. And every time I didn't think I'd get a good result or I thought I didn't know enough or that other people were doing more than me, I would enroll in a course like this, like a flicker, a switch, you know, mm. still to this day, I have to pull myself back where I see a lot of therapists 
enroll in the next course that's out, the next popular course, the next best thing. And I have to stop myself because I'm doing that from a place of, I don't think I'm enough or good enough or worth enough, or I don't know enough. And that is, it was a, I guess a rabbit hole that I fell, fell into. Yeah. And now it's like the biggest thing with CPD is going in there, but integrating it mm. and realizing that all these courses, if you, from the, I guess the, the one thing that I noticed from doing all these courses is they're all rabbit holes. They're all rabbit holes. They all have fancy words. They all have fancy ways to look at the same stuff. You know, like the elbow can only do so many things. Everyone has the same muscles. It's someone else's interpretation of how they get a change and then they sell it to help people. But people start being like, oh, I must not know something. There must be something I'm missing let's jump to a course and course and course. They don't then don't integrate it and really maximize it and get to understand why that worked. You know, instead people are like, you know, in the, at the moment, like the PRL world or, you know, the Bill Hartman world and stuff like that, which are unbelievable models, but people are like, Oh, if you haven't done that, or you're not doing this, or you're not thinking or speaking like this, you must be doing it wrong. Cause this is better. But all it's doing is looking at this, a different way of viewing movement or a different way of getting an outcome. And I always say, it's like, what's happened up until then, up until now, were people not getting results? <laughs> Sorry, I have to cut you off there. It's funny that you say that because I was, I've been thinking that exact same thing recently and I was looking at this stuff and go, oh yeah, I really want to learn this and get better at this and this and this. You know, I feel like I'd be able to deal with things a lot better. Like I just feel, um, you know how you, every now and again, you feel just like a little bit sort of stuck on certain things. And I look back at myself and I was like, oh, what was my life like without going down this rabbit hole? And I was like, I used to get fucking awesome results. Like four years hmm. ago, I used to get fucking awesome results with my clients. So it's not like I couldn't, you know, I was, I was dysfunctional yeah. or not capable as a, as a coach. Or a practitioner it's just it's just a different thing and i think that's also a dangerous perception you know because you can also basically as you were saying have that feeling that you're inadequate if you don't do that sort of stuff so yeah sorry yeah. Go on. i just i had to bring that up because it was yeah it just resonated really um well with that nah, but it's, it's true man um and like i think that i'm fortunate that I, I did so many courses in such a small amount of time and i guess spent a lot of money because I've been able to learn these lessons now. And the thing that I learned was if you keep doing courses and courses and courses and don't integrate and reap the benefits, you're going to be broke as fuck. Like, and the one thing that I had the mindset was when I do this course, I will know this and I will get this result. And don't get me wrong. The reason why I'm able to do what I do has massive uh, contributed because of the CPDs and the mentors. And I think that that is, a necessity and an essential and it should be normal but there's that balance every hey? time yeah and what you realize is you're never going to know it all like you know I, i've done that many courses and it's like i still think i know nothing and it's like i'm probably going to live the rest of my life feeling like i don't know enough and it's like if you had that mindset it's like when are you going to actually going to stop integrate benefit maybe work on a different thing like we said the marketing the business side to be able to allow you to take that knowledge you've obtained and benefit from it and reap the rewards. Because if you don't have anything to show for all this money and time that you've invested, that's when you fall out of love with things. Yeah. Because you have nothing to show. It's like, if you have, if you work all year and you have no money in your bank at the end of it, you don't have anything to show for your hard work. And eventually there comes a time where I think that that can start chipping into things and kind of getting destructive because it's like you you do these things because you want to be able to build things you know what i mean mm. um yeah, yeah i think i think i'm not sure i fully agree with that i think there's there's a, a condition to that and i mean if you know if you put in all this work and you don't have the money in the bank account it could either be because you've spent it but i'm assuming you mean mainly because you haven't earned that much money and i think as so long as that's part of a plan 
where you go, you know, I'm setting something up here or I'm investing in these courses, but then in two years time, I project that I will have, I don't know, 50K of savings. That's a totally different thing. But you, you mean just generally when you put in all your, your sort of blood, sweat and tears and you kind of, at the end of the day, when you're at your, let's say, um, perceived, you know, you, you, you're there kind of thing. Like you've arrived as a professional and you're still not making any money. That's what you sort of mean, hey? Money is probably a bad example. I think it's the CPD because they're not cheap. You know, like usually yeah. the the cheapest one's five hundred bucks, and I've spent up to like nine thousand dollars on CPD and like on a single course. Yeah. And I think the time and energy and all these things that you've invested in getting this knowledge, if you haven't invested in spending time and implementing it to get results if you haven't spent time and energy into marketing to bring people in to get yourself out there all you're left with and that i shouldn't say all you're left with because knowledge at the end of the day you have for the rest of your life and mm. uh, it's it's so so important and it will pay dividends but i think unless you kind of work on these different areas that allow you to maximize on this cpd and this knowledge and this stuff you've got and integrate as i said and start bringing people in you start asking yourself like kind of like what i was where i left uni and i'd done all these courses while i was at uni and i was like why are people busier than me but i have all this knowledge and that's where i was getting bitter because it's like i didn't have the business the clients the results all these things for the the time and energy and money i'd spent getting all this knowledge if does that kind of make it a little bit yeah. Uh, I guess more yeah. understandable. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about the networks. So you, you, you tied it in exactly how I'd plan to like C CPDs and how you, you develop your networks with that. And so just as an example, I had a call last night. I start, I started doing a mentorship um, last week and I had a, a call with my group. So there's five of us and really cool group. And we, we got on really well and, um, but we, we also have a lot of ideas, but we also come from different, different countries, different backgrounds, which is awesome. And I, I sort of said to them, like, guys, you know, the, the price of this mentorship alone could be worth it just for the, the network within our group, the five of us, if we utilize it well. And maybe it will, maybe it won't. But I, I, I actually, I tend to think that it definitely will, funnily enough. But you know, it's, it's what, it's how you go about that and what those networks can create. And think about it, if someone, you know, would offer me a job or would, it, you know, say like, Oh, I've got clients, a couple of clients in Germany and I end up making twice the price of that or like earning twice the price, um, twice of the cost of that, in, that, that mentorship, sorry, through those clients, then all of a sudden that mentorship alone, just for that one connection was more than worth it, let alone the knowledge gained, the experience, the, the challenges, the tasks within it. So I think networking's, you know, and having a network's massive. And it's something that I've realized, particularly moving to the other side of the world where I don't have a network or haven't had a network. It's something that I've realized is really, really important for me to start to progress. And it's not just about knowing people and, and trying to use people, but actually develop real connections too. What's your, you're, you're the networking master here by the sounds of it, you know, more people than, you know, grains of sand almost, but um what's what's your take on that i think uh, the, the thing and that's why it became it was like an obsession but it was also a hobby and that's why i loved it so much is like i got to go and spend weekends and hours upon hours digesting information but i was surrounded by people that were just as hungry and the best thing about those people is not only can you then talk about the content not only can you maybe collaborate maybe you get a job and you work with them. But I think it's just like being in environments where you are surrounded by people that are similar to you and, you know, people that are willing to give up their weekends or invest or, you know, uh, you know, pay good amounts of money to, to involve themselves in things. That's what I, I was addicted to, I think as well, because man, like some of the, my best friends now are from my courses, mm. you know, they're the people that if I have a question and like, you know, this just comes, it's like sometimes you have to pay people for knowledge, right? But then sometimes you're fortunate to have those people in your network Absolutely. where you no longer have to pay. It's like, I can pick their brains and they can pick mine for free. 
And it's like, you know, I did a four month mentorship, uh, a men's mentorship last year, right? And it was unreal. But one of the best things that came from that mentorship was one of my best mates now out this way called Josh. And we're able to constantly have these conversations and keep talking about this content that we had. And now it's like, I've got a mate where I don't have to go pay to be in these containers, these environments. I can just go back and forth and I'm learning at, at, at a faster rate, if not the same rate as I was when I was paying, you know, like 5k to be part of that, that environment. And like, that is priceless, man. Like to be able to like, you know, talk to someone like you or talk to another mate and ask them a movement question or a problem with my um, a client. If I, if I can't figure it out and do it for free, like that, that, that has such a, that's such a luxury and that's such a privilege to have because you've now invested money, but now you're starting, it's starting to pay back in a different yeah. way. Maybe even if it's not the results you have with clients, it's indirectly going to, cause you're going to be able to get answers to be able to help them. But yeah, man, like even people to refer to when you're like, I don't know this, but I know someone that can. So then it's like, you're not likely to hold on or be like, crap, what do I do? Like, how do I help this person or fear of getting rid of them? Yeah. You know that they're going to be in good hands. And I think that's, that's one thing that I am so grateful for is the people I've met in these courses that now make life a lot easier for me because yeah, you just meet people that are, that speak your language. That's something. And that's something that's not really discussed. Have, actually that's, you know what? I, I will, I'll have to say that that's not true. What I just said, um, to an extent, because my my uni professor for my master's, Fabio, he actually basically said to me, I, I will never forget that he said this because I <laughs> I was kind of ready to call bullshit on it initially. But he said, he said, the knowledge in this course, in this master's degree is great. But the biggest thing that I want you guys to get out of it is the networks that you develop. And I was like, fair enough, planted that seed, but I probably wasn't qu quite mature enough then. But having said that, that has, you know, I could, I could have gone before. I, so probably at the start of this year. So Steve, actually Steve Felsher, the guy was on podcast number four or whatever we did um, that one. He, he basically, when he opened his, his new practice at the, the football club, a semi-professional football club in, in Manly, he's like, oh mate, if you were here, you know, I'll just give you a job like that alone from my masters. Right. And you know, that's basically what you said. So to be fair, credit to, to my, my master's professor, he did say that, but otherwise you never hear that. And I think part of the reason I, I, I wasn't ready to accept that back then was because it's such a foreign concept. Right. But he's Fabio is, is a great networker. He's very international. He's from Italy, lived in Spain, um, is based in Melbourne at Victoria unit working at Victoria university. So he understands that and he does a lot of projects and I'm sure a lot of those projects have come about based on networking, fair play to him. Nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that because he's, he's awesome at what he does. So, but it just shows you what can develop. And the, the second thing on that, just to reinforce your point, I, I made a call to um, a mate that I met during a course last year. He's a physio, a really good physio in, in Leeds. And I just called him to ask about a, I just wanted his opinion on an, my client's knee, just see this, the situation. And I, I just wasn't a hundred percent sure. I thought I was, you know, I was feeling pretty good about what I was doing, but I almost just wanted that second opinion. And so instead of referring, having to refer my client out and getting him to pay for it for argument's sake, or, or, you know, having to pay myself for, for a consult just to, to get his, my, my mate's opinion, he just, you know, was so happy to give it to me. He's like, just shout out if you need anything else and followed up with a voice message, more than happy to reply. And the, the value, the indirect and direct value you can get out of that is fucking wild. And no one, okay, aside from Fabio, <laughs> but not, not many people, you know, really discuss the value of that in, in university. And when you think about university, when you do your bachelor, the, I think the challenge is, is that most people are too immature to realize it is that there is just a pool of networking opportunities at uni. It is just and it, like, it is just, there are just hundreds of people there, let alone the professors. And, and if you think about what 
you could opportunistically create out of that, it is, it is insane. You know, and we're talking retrospectively now, unfortunately, but for those that listen that, you know, might be still at uni, that's, that is, there are some awesome opportunities to be had there. You just got to create them yourself. And and I think the more that, the more that you look to create them yourself, the more that they'll fall into your lap too. Yeah. And, you know, prime example was a few years ago when I thought I was just going to pursue coaching. um, I got a random Instagram message uh, from a coach um, and it was from ultimate performance, which if you don't know, they're quite a world-renowned um, personal training studio for general pop transformations. And um, they pretty much were like, hey, uh, do you want to do an interview? And I was like, oh, this is spam and stuff like that. And I, I dug deeper. And turns out a guy that I was partnered with at a course was one of the managers or high-up uh, trainers at that gym. Um, and when they asked him, hey, do you know anyone that would be interested or over the calibre to meet these standards that would be interested for a job? He's like, yeah, Ash. And he passed on their details. And that was like a year and a half after the course, man. And it was from literally being paired for like one day at this course. And it's just a prime example where it's like that came from this course, that network. And it's just like one of so many examples in my life where I'm I'm very fortunate and grateful that I've been able to meet incredible people where it's like, yeah, you can bounce off, you know? Um, Yeah. So uh, networking, again, chuck it in there of it's just not talked about really it's really like the more we talk about this right now is the more i think about the fact that or realize perhaps that it's almost worth paying a fee to sign up for courses within reason just for the network like let alone let alone the information and the outcomes that you can and the value you get out of the actual course or mentorship but there is so much value just out of that network alone like that is paid value like in, in this mentorship that i'm doing now there's another guy from germany positive because you know i obviously want to build my network in germany surround myself with like-minded people in germany there's a guy from turkey there's a guy from holland from the netherlands and then there's a guy from spain like all all around um us uh, around me sorry the other cool thing about that is i actually just booked flights for um, my, my birthday and my girlfriend's birthday, our birthdays are one day apart in March to go to Turkey. And I told this guy and he's like, man, I can show you my home gym, got the gym, you know, that I, I he either owns a gym or runs a gym. He's like, yeah, we can train there. We can have chats. We can catch up. And like a week ago, I didn't know this guy. And like, that's already an opportunity now, you know? And, and you just think like, that's, yeah. that's, that could be worth so much, man. And yeah, insane. Um, the, the next thing I wanted to talk about what was- about- Sorry, go on. I was just going to say quickly before we move on, like yeah. think about us as well when I was going to do friends as course mm. and like you and me were, we were email. I think we were in the same group or emailed something and we're trying to tee it up. And it's like those interactions back and forth probably consolidated this. Like we would already been talking somewhat in DMS, yeah. but again, it's like, I was like, Oh crap. A guy that I can now team up and talk about with the course. And, you know, here we are. So yeah. who knows how much that played a role in it? True. That's a, yeah, another really good point. I was actually thinking about that the other day, how you were going to do the course and we were messaging, trying to get, trying to organize to be in the same group, if that was the case. So and another thing I wanted to discuss was um, economics. So not, not necessarily just finances within business, which I think, again, is another thing, but the actual, like, just general economics, I think, would be so valuable to understand and know. Like if you look to work internationally or if you, I, I just think economics is something that people should know more about. Like I look at my economical knowledge and I just think it's quite shit to be fair. You know, if we're talking about international worldwide economics, and like I feel like everyone should know about that. Like I don't mean to do like a whole bachelor degree on it, but there should be maybe one or two subjects on that blend, you know, finance, like a, a crash course in finance and, economics yeah 100 percent. and even like business chuck that in there because how much stuff did they talk about how to run a business or what's involved in running a successful business at uni you know whether you're a coach or an allied health or whatever it's like yeah man i I think just like i think the more people understand like and I, i don't know economics very well but you know the more you look into it i think 
And the more you look into finances, the more you realize how that directly influences your work, whether you like it or not, how, you know, how um, things that happen in the USA from a, from an economical standpoint, how that influences Australia and the world and, and such things. Right. And so if we're, if we just like one example, if we look to put out online content or online work that's paid, like, is it, would it be more logical to put it out in us dollars or would it be more logical to put it out in Australian dollars? If you've got a currency that's fluctuating, you know, like I know that Turkey's just the Turkish um, economy's just completely crashed recently or is crashing still. And, you know, so if someone were to put a program out for uh, in Turkish lira, like in the Turkish currency, that would be worth way less to us now than it was a year ago. Whereas if someone had to put that out in US dollars or euros, then it'd be just about the same value. Like, so things like that, like they're basic things that they are kind of like, when you think about it, they are pretty basic things, man. And they're things that you only figure out after. And I know like, it's really hard to, to put all this stuff into a university degree, but I guess at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're humans trying to, trying to live in and improve a, a society we're not just professionals. And so I guess all the stuff that we've been talking about today, when you think about it has been all about, you know, trying to improve the person. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think there was one last thing I wanted to kind of like say, and that's to not have a scarcity mindset. I think that the industry can get so caught up in trying to compete for clients and trying to be better than this person, that person steal them from this person or this place. And I think that in the beginning, when you potentially don't know that much, you feel like if you give away all the things you've learned and like, for me, I didn't want to give away all this knowledge that I paid thousands and thousands of dollars to obtain. I'm like, why would I give away that to, for free? And I think that mindset is such a small mindset. And if you have this abundance mindset where it's like, you know, you're willing to give so much and that you don't have to worry about there being a limitation in who you can help. I think it changes everything because again, it comes back to the more you can give out, the more it markets yourself and the more it's going to instill confidence and certainty and authority and draw people to you. And the moment that I started being like, I'm just going to give away all the knowledge that I've obtained in the way that I view it and how it's helped me. That was a massive turning point because I used to be so afraid that if someone knew this thing that I paid so much money to learn, then they would get the client and that I, no one would come to me anymore because I don't have any importance or any knowledge of, you know, I'm, I'm not worthy anymore. So I think that's the last thing that like kind of comes to mind where you're not taught and that's having this abundance mindset that there's always going to be people to help and that you don't have to fight and try and steal patience that, you there's more than enough for everyone i think that is a very powerful thing to learn and not being afraid to give what you learn because yeah if anything it helps you because people are like far out how much does this guy know he just keeps on going and going and going it's not like you've given away your two things and now you have nothing else to give um so yeah that that's probably the the other thing man and and the the thing about that is that goes back to another point that we made about the marketing, right? Like by, by doing that, by having that mindset, just generally about what you can deliver and offer people and that there are opportunities always out there. You're, you're putting out all your ideas and stuff, which is then marketing and basically personal branding, which is again, you know, building your, your professional profile up and, yeah, it's just, uh, it, it all sort of ties in, you know, they, they, all those, a lot of the things we discussed actually really tie in to, to one another, the more that we discuss and, and, and talk about the different things that we think, uh, <laughs> yeah, that no one, no one told us at uni, but it, you just see how, it, again, it, it becomes, you know, very much um, entwined within delivering a product, but also just being being, you know, a person, a, a, a part of society, really, you know, and that, that, that speaks greater than, than just being a, a physiotherapist or a trainer or an osteopath that, you know, that's what you do. I think that the more you're defined by your profession, 
um, <laughs> like, like it, the more I'd be defined by my profession, the, the more concerned I'd be about myself, to be honest. Like, I think that, mm. that's, that's something that, that also shouldn't happen. And I don't think that's, I don't think it's discussed. I'm not sure it needs to be discussed in uni because everyone can do it on their own. Some people want to be, de, de, you know, defined by their profession because it works their life and, you know, that's what drives them and fulfills them and everything. So that's totally fine. But you just see generally how, you know, how, how so many of these things are intertwined and they're so important. And, you know, we haven't even obviously discussed the whole educational side of the coursework. Like we, yeah. we've, deliber we've deliberately within this topic of the, this episode decided or consciously chosen not to discuss that rather discuss things that aren't discussed. Right. But, and you see how layered that is alone, let alone the coursework. So I guess it does pose the question, how can one fit all of that in? But I think there are definitely ways because I think if you, you know, as you were saying, if you really push for networking and CPD, you'll end up gaining a lot of that knowledge. You'll end up networking. You'll end up organically probably marketing yourself more and better through other influences. So it's interesting, hey? Yeah, for sure. And I guess the common theme is being hungry to grow and be better because that's what's going to lead you down these rabbit holes. And I think the right teacher or the right mentor or the right course or the right person will appear when you need that. And that's where it's, it's all very subjective and individualized because what I might need now and what I'm probably going to work on this year is maybe not what I was going to spend money or work on or hang around in years prior, but yeah, man, that's what makes this, I guess this industry kind of fun, but also quite challenging is there, there is so many layers to getting it right. And when you yeah. think you're getting it right, you just realize that you're just less wrong or yeah. you're wrong and you have to read the yeah. 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 But I think, I think even a lot of what we've discussed, is trans very translatable to to most other industries to be honest you know i think that's something it just shows that these are these are sort of general topics that we probably should learn about that would you know benefit us massively so yeah i think we wrap it up there and i think we've had a another good i don't know how long that's been an hour or so um, not that I had to break it up in between and go to the toilet or anything, but, <laughs> uh, now nah, it's been again, another great chat, man. And it's, it's cool to get the insights again. You know, we obviously didn't really prep any of this deliberately because we wanted to just have a free flowing chat and trade ideas and thoughts organically. And it's pretty cool to see how that's really sparked a lot of, um, yeah, it's provoked a lot of thought, let's say. So it's been awesome. Sure. Pleasure, mate. Have a good night, buddy. Likewise. Catch you, man. The Between Two Lines podcast, talking about performance, life, and everything in between. Featuring your hosts, Johnny Stahl and Ash Hamilton. Ash Hamilton.